future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by, of course, 360karma.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. You know, uh, next week we're going to have world-renowned speaker uh, Mimi Donaldson, and also we're going to have the fabulous Dr. Marissa Pay, who is an on-air personality here on UBN as well as CNBC, and we're looking forward to having both of them. And if you don't want to miss any shows, well, then be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or download us on your podcast on iTunes or iHeart. Heart Radio, Spreaker, wherever you listen to them. So don't you won't want to miss any of these stories. And I do tell you today, we have the most incredible women on and their stories are just going to just amaze you and leave you on the edge of your seat. I know uh, I can't wait to share them with you. So first off, we're going to have uh, Kimberly Moore of the Kimberly Moore Foundation. Uh, Her foundation has um, answered the letters to Santa that children have written. More than 40,000 of them she has actually uh, answered. And we're going to talk about that. It's so beautiful, and I can't wait to, to share that with you. And then later in the show, we're going to have our productivity coach, Susan Rose. She's had her own uh, incredible challenges that she's going to share with us, but going to share how uh, those challenges have helped her to be uh, an amazing coach to other people and uh, how it's really important to uh, be productive and make sure that you make every day count. So looking forward to having Susan later in the show. But first up, please give a warm welcome to Kimberly Moore. Hi, Hi Kimberly. Hi, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so uh, honored and grateful to have you on today. Um, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so. <laughs> the work you're doing, I mean, I, I, I feel so lucky. I was talking to someone this morning about how I just get to meet the most remarkable women every day. I and bet you do. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and every week we get to tell their stories. And, uh, you know, I feel like uh, if we didn't have platforms like this, there'd be people out there like yourself that are doing these incredible things and, and we might not know about it. And so uh, I feel so fortunate mm-hmm. to share it with our, our listeners today. Um, so... I do want to talk about um, the incredible work you're doing with um, answering these letters to mm-hmm. Santa and how you got started with that. Uh, but first, I just want to mention that, um, you know, every time I have on two different people every week, it's uh, always interesting sometimes to find their synergies. Would you believe both of my guests today, you're both uh, born in Brooklyn. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then both of you had uh, car accidents in your life that really impacted and were life changing to both of you in different capacities. And so I want to start with that because a lot of people at home might uh, relate to this because a lot of people have had uh, some situation in their life. Um, and I know you were hit by a drunk driver. Yes. Yes. Oh, my I gosh. Was. I was hit by a drunk driver in 2005. Wow, and um, and it really impacted my life. It I, sure did. Yeah, I mean, in a po- but actually, in the long run, in a positive way. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I had a near death experience, and uh, during a time when the guy had hit me, um, I literally, you know, blacked out and went to another place. And I don't know if I was dreaming or if I was still awake, but all I know is that um, I was really upset and I was really angry because I. There was so much more that I wanted to do. I've, I've right. always been really goal-oriented, and um, 
and there are so many places I wanted to travel and things that I wanted to accomplish. And I remember just being really angry and saying, you know, I'm too young to die. And, yeah. you know, what is it all about? And I, How old were you when that happened? God, this was only like like 12 years ago. Okay. So, you know. Yeah. You were, I was 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was You're great. not giving yeah. up. Oh, you Kim. <laughs> a sneaky one. A good one, though. Yeah. <laughs> Let's but, su- suffice. You were young yeah. and yeah. you had a whole life ahead of mm-hmm. you and you weren't ready to go. No. Yeah. No, definitely not. But you did share um, that you had this like epiphany after that happened. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I did, got to ask. By the way, I forgot to ask. Did it leave you physically in any pain or anything? Um, or? Yes. Okay. Yes, actually. Um, I, I live with chronic pain every mm-hmm. single day. You know, and I noticed that you never did share that with me. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking about it because I know you said this was life-changing mm-hmm. and all the beautiful work you're doing. And I... And I I think it's incredible you put all that focus on all the positive, mm-hmm. and, and I was wondering if you were living with chronic pain. Yeah, I live I live with chronic pain and also some neurological disorders. I have problems with my hands. I have some paralysis with my hands, and also my legs. But mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, and every day it's definitely a challenge, right? But yeah. you know, but doing the work that I do has really helped me um, so much because. It gets you to not think, really think about yourself right. and think about other people. That's what so, giving does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it, you no longer focus on your pain. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, your entire life is about giving back. Mm-hmm. I mean, so uh, let's talk about that. So after the accident, you happen to be at the post office. I, I know you shared your um, video link when you were on doctor, The Doctors, which is a great show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually was listening to it this morning on my morning walk and crying, uh, just hearing your story. I mean, I mean, all the beauty that you're bringing to the world, it's, uh, I'm just glad that you survived that accident because what you're doing, you, you to me are like a, a 21st century Mother Teresa. You have touched the lives of so many thousands of people that anybody that couldn't look at your story and say, wow, one person can make such a difference. So mm-hmm. let's tell about all that you're doing. So first of all, you're at the post office, you happen to see a letter on the floor to Santa. Yes. Um, Yes, um, I found the letter of a young child um, by the name of Kevin who wrote a letter to Santa Claus. And it said, Dear Santa Claus, can you please bring us some food? We're hungry. And So you um, opened it and read it. Yes, I opened it. I read it. And anyway, it turns out that all the letters go to the North Pole facility. But wait a minute. So you went up to the clerk and you said, what happens to these letters yeah. to Santa? Yeah, what happens to these letters to Santa? And, and, and what they go they to say? the North Pole facility, which happens to be in South Central Los Angeles. Oh. And, uh, and there um, they have a program where you actually can go and read the letters that children write to Santa Claus. Um, it's but been, otherwise, they're, they're destroyed. They're, they're shredded. It's the shredding facility. Right. Oh my gosh! It just so happens to be called the North Pole, right? Facility, right? And um, and there, you know, uh, volunteers can come in and actually put in flyers from Santa Claus that says, you know, uh, be good to your parents, be good in school, love Santa Claus, and it, you know, it's just a very generic flyer that they put in. And um, I actually went there and they said, oh, would you like to volunteer? And I said, sure. So I started uh, putting in the flyers and I thought, mm, can't we just write our own letter? And um, and then I I thought. When I looked, when I remember picking up the other letter, I said, "Wait a minute, 
what if I were to get every letter from this zip code? Because if it is a shredding facility, they're coming in from particular zip codes. Yeah. And I asked for every letter from that particular zip code, and the next letter was from a girl named Paula. She was nine years old. Right, right. And she wrote a letter to Santa Claus um, saying, Dear Santa Claus, I want to commit suicide. Oh, my gosh. My name is Paula, nine years old. Oh, my um, gosh. Because I'm being bullied at school and uh, just because I have holes in my clothes. Uh, the next one was from a little boy wow. who wrote a letter to Santa Claus who was asking for a blanket because they sleep on the floor and it gets really cold at night. So um, then it, all of a sudden it hit you, wait a minute, I could do something about this. Yeah, because it's right yeah. around the corner. Yeah. This is literally, you know, no more than 15, 20 miles away from where we live. It's our own backyard. And, uh, and here's a way that people can literally adopt letters and help, and it doesn't cost much, right? Right. A, a little kid who's asking, you know, for a pair of sneakers. We had one kid. He, he wrote a letter asking for sneakers. He's been wearing the same sneakers from third grade to fifth grade. Wow. And um, this had, really is the land of the have and the yeah. have-nots, isn't it? Yeah. And we do need to help each other. Thank mm -hmm. you for bridging that gap. Mm -hmm. So you start it with these few letters, and then how did it blossom into? Well, I, I took home about 2,000 letters. Oh, my gosh. And I, I spent about a week reading, you know, day and night through every single letter and, you know, and prioritizing which letters that we were going to deliver to. Mm -hmm. um, I put a letter out, uh, an email out to a lot of my friends and literally went all, all around the world and it went into an email chain that got back to me with, like, you know, thousands of, of other people. And, um, you know, it's funny because when we were first going to talk about the interview, I was thinking, you know, you uh, were the founder of the Echelon Club, which a lot of people know mm -hmm. is very, you know, high society type of people mm -hmm. that belonged, everyone from Richard Branson to celebrities to this club that you created for the social good, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you wanted to get people of uh, means together to um to do something for yeah. good, mm -hmm. but then um, you kind of took it in a different direction with the Adopt a Letter and the uh, Kimberly Moore Foundation right. because you felt like mm, that wasn't really. Yeah, I you know I had the Ashland Club for for a few years, yeah. and I just felt like I needed that wasn't to do really something doing more. it. Yeah, yeah, something more. Yeah, yeah. something something more. Kim Moore Foundation. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I took a leave of absence for for the last two yeah. years just to really focus you know, on the foundation and all of our programs because there Did is so much. Did you have that foundation need. before the accident or after? No, it, it was I mean, after. I mean, much I after. mean the uh, Echelon, Echelon Club. was after. Was after. Everything mm -hmm. was after. So you're, Everything was you're after. thinking, how can I do good? You start with Echelon Club and then you fall into finding these letters. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was kind of a progression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I think what really changed my life was really finding that one letter, you know, that was written uh -huh. by a six-year-old kid. I mean, there's like thousands of children. The post office gets about 5,000 letters a day wow. for, from children who are writing letters to Santa Claus as a desperate cry for help. So imagine that. And they're going to the shredding facility. So when you mm -hmm. um, sent this out to your friends, it sounds like you have really wonderful friends that mm -hmm. they uh, were interested and send it to their friends who sent it to their friends. It right. ends up all over the world. Yeah. And, and everybody wanted to adopt a letter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, within like, you know, a couple weeks, we received, you know, truckloads of gifts that were showing up at my door. I oh my put gosh. my address on there. Oh right? my so gosh. So every day I was receiving um, loads of stuff. I, 
you know, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So my apartment, even my kitchen, you know, my bathroom was like filled with toys, right? Because I had no place to stock them to oh the point gosh. where I had to rent U-Haul trucks as storage just to be outside of my home. So, <laughs> so what was it like when you went to that very first home? Like, tell me that story. Well, I was nervous um, because I didn't know how you'd be received. Yeah, yeah. And um, and everyone kept saying, "Well, how are you going to do this?" I said, "Well, I don't know. I'm just going to knock on a door, and I'm going to say hi. I'm going to tell them the truth. Hi, my name is Kimberly, and I work for Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and I just came to bring your gift. And I thought I'd try it out. And at that point, I had gifts for for 1,700 children. So oh I had about two, three months of, of homes that I was going to drive to. So um, so I was really nervous. But the first time I knocked on the door, um, I asked for Kevin. And the mother said, who are you? And I said, oh, my name is Kimberly. I work for Santa Claus. Yes, oh, my you God. You're going to make Claus. me cry. And yeah. I said, yes. And she just came up to me, just gave me a hug. Oh. And, um, and I said, oh, I have some groceries. And, oh, my um, gosh. And we stocked up their refrigerator. And... Um, I and mean, anybody could have done this, but you did this. I mean, this is so amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah. it was an amazing and just amazing experience just to be part of that. Yeah, that, that feeling. And um, yeah, so and you know, you know uh, Oprah always says people just want to be seen and heard. Right. So I think that's the beautiful gift you give these children, not just the tangible gift, mm -hmm. but that they're being seen and heard. Right. I think that that's the gift. That's yeah. the gift. Yeah, that's yeah. the real gift. Yeah, that's the real gift. Mm -hmm. But um, and and so interesting that these children often are asking for things outside of themselves, mm -hmm. either uh, blankets for the family, food for all of them, not just for themselves, right. but for the Jobs family. Jobs for their parents. Jobs for their parents. Oh, you right. told me someone wanted the electric paid. Um, uh, one child that you showcased on uh, the doctors, uh, he wanted to give his gifts to another child mm -hmm. that was partially blind. And I mean, these children are remarkable, aren't they? No, they're incredible. And yeah. because it's so remarkable, we created a pay it forward program where a lot of the kids can now become hope ambassadors of the foundations and be able to volunteer with us and go to um, surprise other families in need. And uh, we that. started out with 12 kids, and these 12 kids went and did it on their own and visit 5,000 families. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, so we created a, a chain reaction within the community. I mean, can and, you imagine these kids, those 12 yeah. children, having that experience, how it impacted their entire life, who they're going to be right. in this world? Mm -hmm. yeah. We, yeah. We need more of this. This is amazing. Yeah. So you've answered over the last decade, more than 40,000 mm -hmm. letters. About 40,000, yeah. I mean, when you mm -hmm. started on the first one, you probably never dreamed no. that one day you'd be saying, yeah, I've answered 40,000 of these letters. No, I didn't even think I would do 100. Oh, and, my gosh. I mean, right. it was a lot of work, but yeah. you know, every day you were fueled. You know, you go to one house and then the next one, next one, and you know, and you get so much love, right? And, you're, <laughs> and yeah. it's like you're just like so excited like every single day. And you just can't wait to, to bring happiness to another family. And, you yes. know, uh, I know you've shared with me, um, and I, I want people to, I know people that are listening are going to want to adopt a letter, including myself and my partner. Uh, we definitely would love to adopt a letter. And, and people go to adoptaletter.org and they can say, hey, I want to take one of the letters and yes. fulfill the dream, yes. whatever it is. Yeah, I we usually stock that. them up around Christmas. And then throughout yeah. the year, uh, when it's not Christmas, we adopt a letter of a country in need. 
Right. Um, so we started the Adopt a Country program. And um, in 2015, we started out with El Salvador. Right? Yes, and that was unbelievable. I know you helped put in learning centers there. Yeah, we yeah. have five uh, Kimberly Moore Foundation learning centers in five different cities in El Salvador. So you, you thought it's not enough to fulfill 40,000 Santa letters. Now I'm going to make this worldwide and adopt a country. And so you started with El Salvador. Someone wrote you from there saying that it was a child, right, that needed a school because yeah. theirs had burnt down. Yes. Right? Well, well, no. El Salvador was a little different. El Salvador, um, a woman by the name of Lori Oppenheimer, she worked as an advisor to Congress, oh. wrote a letter, and they had found over the course of a year 89 children in the trash that were eaten by, like, rats and cockroaches, and some of them were still alive and were taken into an orphanage, and oh she wrote goodness. a letter asking for help for a country to help some of these kids and help bring education to these children. So I went out there in 2015 with my husband, and we, you know, visited all the children, and kids uh, made a personal request and wrote a letter when they found out who I was, and one nine-year-old boy wrote a, le uh, wrote a letter and read it to me in front of everyone, and, uh, and I came back home, and I went on the radio show just like this, and um, just through that one radio show, we were able to open up. Uh, five learning centers. Oh my gosh, pretty that amazing. is unbelievable. Yeah. And so um, uh, your reason for uh, going outside the country and helping your idea of that was that the holidays are only once a year, so what are you going to do the rest of the year? So you thought, let me do something on well, this yeah, grand scale. Yes, well yeah. people have the, the Christmas giving spirit, right, starting from like November until January. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I'm, I still knock on doors now and say, hi, I'm Kimberly, I work for Santa Claus, but it gets kind of awkward after, yeah. you know, March, April, especially yeah. in the summer. Right. So, <laughs> but I still do it. <laughs> but yeah. they don't care. You know, yeah. they're just like, oh, she works for Santa Claus and she's here. And, yeah, she you know, rocks. She's, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I, I wanted to do something more and I thought, you know, it's also an educational experience for mm -hmm. me as well to mm -hmm. be able to go to a different country and learn about the different needs that are going on. Absolutely. And now um, you also are adopting this year uh, or this past year Liberia. Mm -hmm. you, so you got a, a message from them. I guess that's is that where yeah, the school received, burned down? Yeah. That's yes. Where the right. Demolished. I knew there was that story there. Yeah. I, I received a letter from um, a gentleman by the name of Ebenezer Norman. He runs a nonprofit called A New Dimension of Hope. And he wrote to me on behalf of his nonprofit because they spent four years building a school in Liberia. And the day of the grand opening, it was all over the newspaper in Africa. It was his biggest dream to be able to do this because he was fortunate enough to get an opportunity after the Civil War during, in, in Liberia uh, to be able to go to school. And, um, you know, a few days after the school was built, it was demolished and it was burnt down. And it's a shame. And he was completely devastated and reached out to us for help. And asking if we can help him wow. build an educational uh, program. But so. there, you're not only doing the educational program, you're helping them get water and medical and education and all of that infrastructure right. that helps them be sustainable. Yeah, yeah. I, I I find it strange that a lot of people go there and build schools where the kids don't have water and they don't have anything yeah. to eat. Yeah. And we got to spend time uh, last, last uh, this fall, actually in September, um, in the village and, you know, and, and also live with locals without water, without anything. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get to understand, you know, you know, firsthand how they live and really get to mm -hmm. uh, talk to them. And I realized that the only way to really help them is to tailor programs according to their needs, not to what we think that they need. Right. And um, so I can't. So you go school. and listen to them. 
Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, this program is for them, right? Sure, and sure. I can't, you know, imagine a kid going to school and it doesn't have water, it doesn't have food. Right. So, um, so there are programs that we can do. We can partner with nonprofit organizations that do have that infrastructure mm-hmm. and, um, and that can join us, you mm-hmm. know, to create an even bigger impact. Right. You know, so you join up village. with other entities. Yeah. Yeah. That's so smart. Yeah. And, and people could get involved with you by either going to KimberlyMoreFoundation.org mm-hmm. or AdoptAletter.org. Yes. Either yes. one. Either one is fine, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so uh, is there something on your horizon for next year? Are you looking at uh, other countries? Are they submitting? No. Um, right now, uh, Liberia, it's a pretty big project. Oh, so that's project. like full full center this, on your plate right now this will take me about a year to complete i right. mean we adopted a village of three thousand people wow. we have over one thousand children wow. and probably about 50 percent of them are able to go to school but we're bringing in medical camps we're doing community yeah. gardens agricultural farming um uh vocational training and right. um so yeah so there's a lot yeah, there's a lot to do. So and and, and yeah. people need to understand. Besides the water and the infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, but education is power. It is the way out. Mm-hmm. It is the way to a different life. Yes, and it's just so important. What right. what you're doing is so important. Yeah. Um, so you're doing these things simultaneously. You're doing the mm-hmm. helping the country and these countries, and then also still doing adopt a letter for the yeah. children here well this is my home right LA yeah. is my home and I always say before you help other people you got to clean your own backyard right yeah. so you yes gotta, you got to do there's that. a lot so, of work to do here so there's yeah. a lot of work in Los Angeles and this keeps me busy you know pretty mm-hmm. much 17 hours a day and um, and you know people might not understand when you run a nonprofit like this mm-hmm. uh, this is not a, a, a profitable endeavor for right. you uh, and you shared that with me and uh, you know you know, I know that what you get in reward of what you do is the greatest payment that you can get in this lifetime. I get that. I mean, I can see the joy mm-hmm. it brings you. And I always say joy is the most important currency. Right. Um, but uh, I want people to know that you do need uh, their volunteerism. They, mm-hmm. You do need their funding. Um you know, it can't happen with all that. Right. And so um, I really want people to get behind you and, uh, thank you. you know, uh, help support this. I mean, it's, I think rather their interest is in adopting a letter to help someone here in Los Angeles or to helping you build the village in Liberia, mm-hmm. uh, whatever speaks to them. Right. Uh, everybody needs to be doing something to give back. Right. And it's so wonderful that you've built this infrastructure and foundation for them to be able to participate. Right. And yeah. we have so many programs. It's not just Adopt a Letter. I mean, we have, you know, we, we're help saving music programs in schools that are being eliminated due to insufficient government funding, especially right now. Right. right? They're cutting off a lot yeah. of this, the music and arts programs in the right. schools. Um, we also have a Better Minds for Reading program uh, where we help. Um, put in little libraries in uh, children's homes because they don't have any access to books. And that's right here in Los Angeles. Wow. Um, we have mentorship programs, field trip programs, so that we can expose kids to Culture. you know, other cultures, right? Yeah. So, which is also, I think, uh, really important. I mean, these are things that I needed to learn growing up as a kid growing up in Brooklyn because yeah. we didn't have all that exposure. Right. And my parents couldn't afford to, you know, um, to put us in music school. 
right? So, right. Um, and that's something that so I this comes from your own background of feeling that you didn't have these things you want. You know, usually it is the right. challenges that we have in our own childhood or lifetime that we bring to the table to help others. And it sounds like that's the place that you're coming. Oh, from. 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So yeah. I, yeah, if somebody would have knocked on my door, I mean, oh I, I can't even imagine the joy that I would have felt as a kid. Totally. Um, yeah, because we, you know, we didn't really have a lot. So yeah, yeah. It's so beautiful that you're dedicating your life to giving back, mm -hmm. and I think uh, the message here is: um, no matter what somebody's doing, no matter what their gift mm -hmm. is, one of the most important things in our life is to make sure, in some capacity, we find something that we mm -hmm. can give back to and pay it forward. So, if somebody you know has a great job in some sort of mm -hmm. capacity, that uh, hopefully they'll find it in their heart to. Uh, you know, align with a foundation like yours to give back and find that the joy is in the giving. As much as it means to those kids, it means as much, if not more, to the person giving. Isn't that true? Right. Don't no, you find? Absolutely. You get, Absolutely. you get paid a million fold, and thus the 360 karma that we talk about here every week. Well, it adds more yeah. joy and meaning, you know, to your life as well. It gives you Absolutely. purpose. It's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. It's why we're here. Yeah. yeah. Thank no, you absolutely. so much for what you're doing. No, thank you I'm so much. cheering you on, <laughs> and I'm your biggest fan now. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank keep, you so much. I really appreciate work. it. Yeah. yeah. And I have, and you know, I don't know, I don't have it, but um, I have a, a, a text um, give to a particular number that I actually can't remember. Well, you the know what? We'll right post now, it so. on Facebook. Yeah. People can go to our 360karma.com. We're going to put up a YouTube link of the show and okay. then they can get the text as well. Okay, perfect. Yeah, okay, that sounds great. great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And we will be right back with Susan Rose. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. back with productivity coach Susan Rose. Hi Susan, how are you? Hi Catherine, so yeah. good to be here. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. Yeah, you bet. Well, um, I know that uh, Kimberly was just on, Kimberly Moore, Kimberly Moore Foundation. Amazing. And she did want me to mention that people can text to give to that foundation at 48421. So I did want to mention that. You can text to give at the Kimberly Moore Foundation at 48421. It, I, t I just it was saying at the beginning of the show and to you earlier, uh, I do get to meet the most amazing women every every week. 
I have like the best job in the world. You certainly uh. <laughs> do. You certainly do. Yeah. And uh, uh, today is no different. Um, so, Susan, um, I was mentioning that both of my uh, guests today are born in Brooklyn. So that would be you, right? Yes. And then both you and Kimberly uh, both had a car accident in your life that was life changing. And I wanted to share that. I know uh, your son, Ben, uh, was lost in a car accident. Um, and it was not that long ago, very tragic, obviously, loss. And um, this was, I think they were, it, it was, I know, publicly in the news a lot mm -hmm. about these people drag racing. And yes, yeah, uh, so it was about um, almost about a year and a half ago, yeah. it seems like. And uh, yes, he's a, he was a um, music teacher going from one venue to another. And uh, on a Friday afternoon, um, just the innocent victim. There were two cars that simply yeah. decided out of the blue to start drag racing down the street. One lost control of the car, yeah. uh, flipped over the median, and uh, Ben was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. I'm so yeah. sorry. I just wanted to start yeah. off with that saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. And um, I know he was an amazing musician, and he touched so many children's lives, similar to what we were talking Absolutely. about with Kimberly today. Yes, uh, taught kids uh, music, and yes, uh, just a brilliant soul. I mean, I I know I attended uh, some of your services, and just uh, one thing you mentioned to me is uh, how you were just so moved by how wonderful people are, and how supportive, and how caring, and. Uh, how it just brought out the best in people around you uh, when this tragic thing happens. And you know, when we have a tragedy like that, uh, that's when we need the people that we love around us more than ever, isn't it? I mean, For sure. and they either are there or they're not. And I know you were fortunate, people were there and he was so greatly many loved. And, so many people. And, uh, and just like Kimberly, uh, I think you must have taken it as most people do when something tragic happens and said, what, what can I take away from this that actually um, has some meaning has some meaning to their legacy mm -hmm. because it is a legacy isn't it yes uh, and so um, what would you say has impacted your life and also how you maybe impact other people's lives now having suffered that loss I think um, first of all it was obviously the most profound um, loss that I've ever occurred or, or has occurred in my family's life. Yes. Um, you live in this period of suspended animation. Mm -hmm. You're stunned. You can't, you can't believe it. Yeah, it's surreal. It totally is surreal. Yeah. Um, I think anybody that's gone through a loss, no matter expected or unexpected, yes. it, it is always surreal. It it. Yeah, is um, not to not to be imagined, and of course, so many people, um, colleagues, friends, yeah. um, near and loved. far, yeah, uh, you know, came up and offered all of us so much love and empathy. And I think that um, certainly what I took away from it was how much he, how much he was loved and how much he impacted young people. We received letters from students of his that wrote little notes to the family about how they were going to miss him, how they how they how he impacted 
them in their lives and inspired them. It was just so, just so touching. Isn't that the legacy we could all only hope for? Did we touch other people's lives? Did yes. we make a difference? Um, and I think it's something all of our listeners need to be asking mm-hmm. themselves. Um, it's very I, important. Am I living my purpose? Right. And am I making a difference? And am I mm-hmm. am I doing what I was meant to do here? Yes. And he was yeah. only 36. Yeah. Um, we reflect back and realize how much he, um, at 36, how much he actually accomplished he was a writer he was a, a composer and arranger wow. and just an incredible um, musician yeah and that there's, was his gift yeah yeah was, and he shared it with all the right people he totally did the, the totally children did. and just people at large and yeah uh, it's always a, that's a great gift I wish I had that at gift thir- at well at 36 <laughs> Music. I think he left more of a legacy than many people we know in their 70s, 80s, right. 90s that just live a life. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and he did it all organically. Yes. It, he did it without, out of the goodness of his heart. Right. He was coming from a good place. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing what he loved. Yeah. So that must have been inspiring to you. It was. Yeah. It really hit home how important it is to. Do what you to find something that you're passionate about, mm-hmm. and and do it. Yes, and do it freely and openly. Yeah. Um, now I know uh, important. You you coach people about how to live a productive, meaningful life mm-hmm. and career. Right. And your focus is in the area of real estate. And I think it's great that you're in that niche of real estate because real estate can be a really tough dog-eat-dog business. <laughs> uh, that was an understatement, an wasn't understatement. it? An <laughs> understatement, yes, yes. I know that many uh, of the listeners who yes. um, have uh, had a real estate transaction or yeah. our realtors themselves are right. going to really understand that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I think most people do. It's a, yeah. you know, it, and even has a... Um, kind of stigma to it, you know, when people think of a real estate or any type of sales. But uh, the bottom line is, is that real estate people um, are people that want to, uh, for the most part, genuinely help people find uh, a home or a place that um, is is somewhere they can thrive and live and enjoy their lives. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it really is an important job. Uh, that people have. And it so, really is. And it's the, when you think about it, it's where is people spend their largest amount of money. And time. On, and time. I was thinking in yes. time. And time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so where, they do, where so do agents, we eat, live, sleep, spend right. our days? And build our memories. Home. And build memories. Absolutely. Our, our castle. Right. So it is so important mm-hmm. that um, people in that profession ground themselves and uh, come from the right place. Yes. And um, I think that you're good at coaching people in that respect as to why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and and how they can make a difference being in that profession. I try to focus people on finding and creating um, or getting getting clarity around their purpose. Mm-hmm. And And that's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it is taking the correct, I call it aligned actions, um, to make sure that you are able to fulfill on your purpose. Mm -hmm. And those actions have to be aligned. They have to be aligned with that purpose because 
oftentimes we spend so much time and energy on things that are really not essential. Right. Uh, yeah, I was just reading that in a book this morning. Uh, uh, Brenda Bouchard has a book about that. And it's how we let our day get run away with um, menial stuff. stuff and putting out yeah. fires yeah. and getting pulled in other people's agenda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I had just heard that, you know, if you get up in the morning and uh, meditate and exercise and spend the, that hour grounding yourself, yes, it actually impacts your whole day. And if you don't look at your phone for the first hour, which I know is hard for someone in real estate, um, that you won't get hijacked by other people's agenda. So if you if you ground yourself, have an actual mm -hmm. prioritized list of what you need yes. to accomplish to moving your uh, yourself forward in the way that you need to exactly. be. Exactly. Then, then take a, a, a chunk of your time during the day mm -hmm. to decide this is when I'm going to answer other people's emails and right. and, and and address their agendas. But take care of your own agenda first to, if you're going to be productive. So supposedly. The way it works is if you do that hour in the morning. We usually uh, call it a power hour. Power hour. Love okay. it. Okay. Yep. Uh, then you're 30% more productive, they found, uh, than if you get up in the morning and just let some look at emails and yes. get hijacked by Facebook or emails or whatever. So, so that's some good information for people, it's our listeners. It's very to good know. information. Yeah. I, I try to counsel people to uh, do their most important activities before noon. I love that. And for most people who are in any kind of business, real estate, um, any kind of business, it really comes down to lead generation mm -hmm. and lead follow-up. Mm -hmm. Because you have to find business, mm -hmm. you have to nurture the business, you then set appointments to complete the business. Right. And if you can get all of that done at least before 12 o'clock noon, yeah. then you have the whole rest of the day for the distractions, right. for the emergencies, and right. for all of the things that... That do come up. That do come up and you have to take care of. Right, right. That's yeah. great advice. And those are the aligned actions yeah. that I was talking about. And, you know, when you talk about um, lead generation... Um, I like to even think of it as, uh, uh, you know, authentic networking is what I call it. That's excellent, yes. Like, isn't it yes. great to well, just go out and meet fabulous mm -hmm. people and network with them and see who you can help? Totally. With whatever it is you do, whether it's real estate or whatever it is, and um, just have the opportunity to meet awesome people and, and see, how can I help that person? Is it that I have something that could help them, or do I know someone that has something that could help them? Exactly. And um, that's what makes, uh, I think, life more enjoyable, to look at it from that perspective. Then what can I go out and get from somebody? Right. What can I go right. out and give to somebody? Precisely. Yeah. And I think that's why I usually start off with kind of get clear on your clarity of purpose. Mm -hmm. What is this? What are you doing this for? Mm -hmm. um, it's not... For most people, it is not about making the money. Mm -hmm. It's about living a great quality life. Right. And how do and you helping do other people do the and same? Therefore, helping yeah. other people do the same. Thing. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. And then the other thing you said it was key was follow up. 
I don't know about anybody else in L.A., but I feel like people <laughs> are really not good on that follow-up thing. That's something everybody's got to work on. I don't it's think like, that's hey, just. Hey, I'll an... call you. We're going to have lunch. And, you I'll know, have you my people hear call your them. people. Yeah, right, right. You never hear from them. Exactly. Uh, I know it's something I always used to. In, in I was in cable television advertising, and I used to pride myself in, you know, I I would get back to the people, and they'd be like, Oh my God, you got right back to me, and I'd be like, Yeah, wasn't I supposed to? What a surprise. To? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know any differently. I thought I'm supposed to get back to people, so I just did. But I didn't realize that 80% of the people don't get back to people. I never knew that. And you know, it's yeah. so funny because so many people... Until it happened to me. They, Nobody gets back to me. And so many people say to me, but you know, Susan, I'm so afraid. I don't want them to... I don't want people to think that I'm needing the work. Or I don't want to be too aggressive. I don't want to be in their face. Now it sounds like people dating where they don't call for three days. or <laughs> and, then, and then I say, but, you know, you have to understand, by your not following up, yeah. they could reframe the whole conversation in their mind that they don't like me. Right. They'd, I'm not valid enough for them to want to do business with me. Mm-hmm. So... It's well, I think it's looking at – so the perspective is you're saying they're saying, I don't want to bother this person instead of thinking, I have something this person really needs and wants. Let absolutely. me help them with and it. And I'm the solution yeah. Yeah, to the solution. your problem. Mm-hmm. To And it's not even a problem, but yeah. to your goals and objectives. Right, right. I have the tools. I have the resources. Right. The ethics right. and the competency right. to deliver that. Right. And, you know, this information is good for any business. It doesn't real estate. You could be selling widgets. Uh, If you have somebody that needs your widget, you're doing them a favor, you know, because you're helping them. That's right. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. So tell me something. So if we look back in your background, uh, you had shared with me that your family moved around a lot. And it was that moving around and yeah. having to constantly make friends and start over and everything that gave you that resiliency that you have today that you share with your clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that ultimately helped me through the tragedy of course um, with Ben. Right. It all who knew that it was all um it was all meant to be a, a process for the for the final blow, so to speak. You know, every <sighs> I always feel that way, and I've said it many times, that our life feels like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And all these different things you do in your life all come together at some point that uh, to help you with the grand big thing that you were meant to do. Yes. So as you get or older. Or challenge that you have yeah. to overcome. Right. Yeah, and the exactly. o- older you get, the more you say, oh, that's why this happened. Oh, this is why I did this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is why I met that person. And then it all comes together and... Uh, Uh, eventually we all figure out why we're here and what we're meant to be doing and how we can do it better. Right? Very well said. Yeah. Very well said. So you've been doing this coaching for how long? Um, I've been in business about 10 years now for myself and doing specifically what I'm doing. But Mm -hmm. I've always had, um, I've always been coached or had a mentor um, I've, do you think everybody needs a coach? Because I, I think absolutely. I think they do. It's uh, it's a sounding board of somebody not. Uh, this is the way I feel about yeah. it. A sounding board of somebody who's not in your exact inner circle. So you feel you can have like the objectivity. The objectivity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think someone objective can see things differently than someone really close to mm-hmm. you, or of course that you can see yourself. 
we, we can't always see all sides of it. Right. Yeah. And a good coach will um, not just tell you what to do. That's more of being a consultant. Mm-hmm. But a really good coach will help s- you figure it out. Help you figure out. It's mm-hmm. really all about asking deep probing questions mm-hmm. that oftentimes are not there to be to be answered this minute. Right, but, but more you, to plant a but seed. But to plant a seed mm-hmm. and to be thinking about. Right. Um, and then, of course, you can put the consulting hat on and say, yeah. so my suggestion would be you could try this, this, and this. And then, of course, you know, um, having had, I'm embarrassed to say, over 50 years of business and mm-hmm. sales experience. Wow, I can't believe you started at five. I know I, I but and in fact I lied. I think I told you this. I lied when I was 15 to get my first job. I had to be 16. Oh right, I remember so you saying that. All of a sudden I'm 16. Yeah. But I wanted to work. You wanted to work. I just had this work ethic. And and you shared with me that that kind of yeah. came from the fact that you're, here was your mom, a college educated woman. But back in the that in those days, yeah. women would put their hopes and dreams and goals on the side. I know. And raise the children, and nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But um, and, and not live their dreams. Right. And you saw that in your mom. In my mom. Yeah. And you said that's not going to be me. Yes. You know, it seems like when I look back, a lot of the lessons that I learned, um, in addition to having three incredible mentors. I learned a lot by observing and watching from a perspective of what I wasn't going to do mm-hmm. as opposed to who I wanted to emulate. You know, it seems that way mm-hmm. with um, people and their parents. They either look at the parents <laughs> and say, I want to be just like them. Right. Or they say, I want to be the complete That's opposite. not me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think I had traits in mind that some of them I wanted to emulate sure. and some of them I'm like, no. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it exactly. makes us who we are individually. You know, we're all our own pe- person, but we are definitely impacted by um, the environment we grow up in. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So were you close to your mom and dad or closer yeah. to one than the other? I'd say I was closer to my, to my mom. She was truly the more um, uh, heartfelt, emotional person. My dad was a PhD mathematician. Right. So you can imagine he was very logical, very left brain. Yeah. Um, I think together they were very complimentary because mm-hmm. she was the right brain. Mm-hmm. They were both highly creative. Um, my dad was very restless, mm-hmm. which is Thus why we ended up moving. moving. Mm-hmm. Yes. He took many jobs. People thought I was in the army, mm-hmm. but no. Um, but, but she... She was a great mom. You know, yeah. she did in the 50s the, the mom thing. Yeah. And then when we got into high school, uh, she got her real estate license ah. and really had a very crowning moment for herself. She was very proud of the fact that she sold the first African-American family a home in our neighborhood. and Break, Breaking all barriers, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she was very uh, so she was leading edge in her own way. Huh? Yes. Yeah. And then at sixty, she was a, a UCLA um, secretary oh, for one awesome. of the professors there. So she got to fulfill some things later in life. At sixty, she learned Word Perfect. Oh my gosh! 
Can That's you imagine? Impressive. Yeah. I'm always impressed with uh, people today, even in their 80s and 90s, who yes. are using the internet and Facebook and computers. I am really impressed by that. I've had some guests on that. I are am too. Just very inspirational to me. Exactly. Because I want to be rocking and rolling at 80s and 90s. And well, and that just goes to show you, you're only limited by your thoughts Absolutely. and your imagination. Absolutely. It's we- all about desire. Mm-hmm. And and passion and having desire and passion for life yeah. and um, for constantly pushing yourself forward, mm-hmm. being uncomfortable. And that's the truth, isn't being it? Like every day, uh, the goal is not to be in a comfort zone. The goal is to push yourself a little bit, to be a little fearful, and walk through it anyway. Exactly. And it's what keeps life uh, so exciting: is to keep pushing the envelope, keep trying something new, something yeah. different, something that everybody says that can't be done. You know, what's more exciting right. than that? Right. Uh, people tell me I'm crazy every day. I said, "Oh, I'm going to write a book and you know do a talk show and, why and not? create a conference." And why and not? They're like, "Yeah, sure, you are." <laughs> I think that I'm like, actually, no, no, I am. <laughs> I've probably had in the last 15 years my biggest burst of creativity and gr- and true growth. I love that. So later in life, so later know. and later yeah. in life. I think I think maybe I don't know. Do we maybe we get more fearless as we get older? Because I think we do. Because we know we, we only have so much time left, and we want to make it really count. Uh, something like that. I mean, that's. I, what think, I think that I was feel. one of the big ahas that I had, or lessons that I've learned in the last year and a half since the, you know, since Benny died, and that is, you really only get one shot, mm-hmm. and every single day is precious. I learned a greater depth of empathy and compassion. Um, I think I've always been a great listener, but mm-hmm. I think now I listen less through the head, but more through the heart. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it that's really trying to be expressed here? Mm-hmm. Isn't that um, wonderful that you're it, able? It makes you a better coach. Certainly. Yes, and yeah. and a better friend, and just better a wife. better a better wife, and just yeah. a better person. Yeah, and I know you have a wonderful husband. I have the yeah. best husband. Oh, yeah, he's he's life my is, rock. Life is good, huh? But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was pretty pretty horrible for. 90 days. But we know that these people that leave the earth, they're our angels, and they yeah. want us to live life to its fullest. Don't you think they're cheering us on? I feel it. Yeah. Absolutely. We set up a, uh, we re- as when Benny died, we set up um, a foundation, oh. the Benny Goldman Foundation. Okay. And, and people can find that online. Uh, Maybe not yet, but they will. Oh, good. <laughs> you know, be, and it's something we do want to really work on. Of course, we've been a little preoccupied. And this, the Benny Goldman Foundation will raise money for? It raises money for, um, it's musically oriented, and we that. give um, scholarship and music education to students as well as instruments. How wonderful. We See, just, every week I have amazing women on yeah. that are successful, yeah. but the thing I love the most about them is they're paying it forward and I love that. I love that you're and this doing is, that. Well, and this is a whole, a whole family endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, we just recently gave a scholarship to one of the Cal State um, Northridge students. How and wonderful! It was really wonderful to see to see how grateful this gentleman was, and just said, 
I really, it's my desire to make Benny proud. Oh, I love that. Well, we're going to end on that beautiful note. Keep making a wonderful difference Thank and you. doing what you're doing. You are doing okay. a great job. Thank you Thank so much you. for inviting me. Oh, I really bet, appreciate Susan. it. All right. Make it a great week, everybody. Hugs and happiness. We'll see you next week. <laughs>